So a very warm welcome to this week's My Tennis Journey guest, Tom Rushby. Tom has had an amazing tennis journey, a journey that's seen him have a fantastic junior career. Uh, he played doubles with Andy Murray at Junior Wimbledon. He went on the tour having decided to become a tennis player and not a footballer and had some amazing moments with Derbyshire, like winning the LTA County Cup in 2015. Just before we join Tom, if you could hit follow or subscribe on the podcast service you're using whilst you're listening to the wise words of Tom, it would be massively appreciated and help the show grow. But for now, Mr. Tom Rushby, how did your tennis journey begin? Well, originally it was probably all down to my mum, to be honest. She um, was a tennis coach herself, obviously still is. Um, and she used to coach in Church Broughton on a sing- on the single court in the village. So me and me and James back in the day, we used to go along with the uh, you know do the coaching there with her, help out a little bit, and then do some of the groups with her. And then I think she did it for a couple of hours or maybe three hours, something like that. So we used to maybe do an hour or so. And next to it there was the little park and the football pitch there. So we'd sneak off and go and play footy for a couple of hours and go to the go to the local post office for a ten p mix. Um, but that's how it started, really. Brilliant. And and so it was multi-sport from the start for you. Did you play loads of different sports when you were young? Yeah, loads. It's always been the sort of the way really in our family, playing lots of different sports. Obviously played quite a lot of football and cricket, golf, always been a keen golfer. Um, but we did, you know, swimming and anything anything in the, in the school was doing, we, we would try and sign up to the teams and get involved. You know, hockey with, with Chris McPherson's mum, she would come in and do the, the hockey there, which is fantastic. Just we did, yeah, we tried everything really. I love that, like Chris, you know, that's a great example, isn't it? Chris McPherson, I mean, what a tennis player, but then having moved to Brazil, he ends up playing in the Olympics for Brazil in hockey. Incredible, incredible, but it, but it all comes from you know, his, like I say, his mum going into the school and doing a bit of bit, bit of hockey with the uh, with Church Broughton School there. My mum went in and did some of the tennis, so you kind of just you know, it all starts from them, you know, those lot really. Well, man, and you know, tennis-wise, you got on quite quickly. What sort of age did you start playing tournaments, travelling around? Um, well, as I said, I played a lot of football as well, so it was difficult to do. I didn't really travel much until I got sort of, I, I guess, recognised a bit more when I was about 12. I remember my first trip I got, I was playing actually in, um, it was in Solihull, and then and then I did quite well in it, and my, I had to send my dad back home to go and get my passport because I got an invitation to go to Spain literally the next day because I think someone had withdrew or something like that and they were doing a Great Britain trip so I went there and you know did pretty well and that was it really just carried on from that brilliant and that what what's your memories about that trip to Spain was a well I ended up winning the tournament which was nice so that was a good that was a good good start um but yeah no well it was it was I think there was four or five of us um, and I didn't really know anyone at the time that well because I'd only just sort of played I guess not even played that many national tournaments maybe just one or two um, and and the one at Solly I did pretty well in and sort of just I think as I said I think someone had withdrew and there was a space opened up and sort of invited me along um, yeah and did, did pretty well so I mean it's interesting Tom that you know a lot of juniors by the time they're 12 may have played over a hundred tournaments nowadays. You know, you you kind of exploded onto that scene at the age of twelve. Is that something that you think would work for players nowadays? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I exploded onto the scene. I sort of, 
again, as I said, I played a lot of football at the time. I was playing playing for sort of Derby Academy at the time, or um, and and as I say, played a lot of cricket, a lot of golf. Just played a lot of other sports as well. So I didn't. I wouldn't say tennis was even my main sport back then. Um, I think it's probably changed a little bit now. I think it's very difficult to do that now, but um, because I played so many other sports, I think I appreciated when I did play more tennis. I, I really appreciated it. I'm such a big fan of multi-sport, and we've touched on it already. But you know, someone like Federer, he was he was doing all sorts of sports, wasn't he? He didn't specialise until he was a bit older, and that's with his mum being a tennis coach as well. I mean, I think yeah. you could get something from all these different sports, can't you? Definitely. You you develop so many different skills. You know, your balance is different if you're doing, you know, golf or cricket or, or swimming or something like that compared to tennis, which, you know, and, and the skills you need are so different, but you end up developing so many different things, which is, you know, eventually hopefully be a benefit to the, the sport you end up choosing. Yeah, he obviously went on to play doubles with Andy Murray. When did you first come across him on some of these early trips or was that a bit later? Um, no, we actually we actually got to know him at a very very young age. He was, I think, he was only about ten, eleven, and he he came to play. You remember the Dollamore tournament at Chesterfield? Uh, no, it wasn't at Chesterfield. It was at Alfreton back then. What sure? Yeah, and he, I think, I played doubles with him then. Uh, it must have been the under tens or something like that. I can't quite remember. Tens or twelves, maybe tens. Um, and his, him and his brother came to stay at our house, and so I sort of we, we knew them as a family. Um, from a very young age and then we sort of just stayed stayed as friends really and, and and sort of we sort of grew up together really playing you know doing my junior career um, and then I remember I mean I played him obviously a few times but I played more with him as you know as doubles partner um, and my main under I think under it was under 18s my first ever ITF tournament which we went to Austria me and Andy teamed up and we, we won that first one so we kind of kind of knew he was pretty good then. Brilliant, amazing. And what did the the family connection? That's through your mum knowing Judy. Yeah, they they obviously played. Like Judy was a very good player. Obviously, my mum's a very good player. So they they, they knew each other, and um, yeah, it kind of just developed from that really. And I think we did some Derbyshire. I seem to remember as well. We did some Derbyshire trips, um, and we went up to Scotland once, and and Andy played, and we stayed in some of the houses with you know with the parents of the of the players. Um, and I think, I think it might have even been Jez Oborn that stayed and played and stayed with the Murrays that time. But it was, yeah, it was things like that. You just get to know wow. them. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I know we went up to Scotland a few years ago where we played some balloon tennis. Young Phoebe and Stanley played balloon tennis with Andy. And uh, when Becky saw Judy, the first thing Judy said is, is your nan still making that flapjack? <laughs> it's world famous, I think, that flapjack. <laughs> it is. It's definitely world class. Um, so clearly, you're, you're playing a lot of football at that point. I know there's been lots said about Andy. Did you have games of football with Andy? Was he a good footballer? He was a good footballer. Yeah, very good. Um, he, I mean, I guess similar to sort of what we did. He played a lot of sports. Him and his brother played a lot of different sports. Jamie was a very good golfer. Um, I think there was a time when he was a bit younger, maybe like 14, where he was not really that interested in tennis as much as as maybe what we were, and he he went off to play some serious golf actually I think he got his handicap really low um, but they've always been good footballers they've always been interested in other sports we'd, we'd go to tournaments and, and before for our matches we'd play you know a little five-a-side kickabout and heads and volleys with, with you know with a little football or tennis ball that type of thing so yeah he was mad mad footballer and I mean what age were you on Derby's books until Tom 
uh, about 16, 15, 16. And then I had to make a choice, really. It was getting to the point where I just couldn't really do either particularly well. I was sort of, one was getting in the way of the other. So um, that's when I chose tennis, really. Yeah. And a tough choice to make? Um, no, not really. Uh, I, I kind of want, I always want, I, I think maybe when it got to sort of ages 14, 15, I probably started to know I was maybe getting a bit better at tennis rather than football. I like the fact that it was more an individual sport. I'm probably a bit more of an individual person. So I liked, I did like the fact that I, you know, I had no one else to blame if it went wrong apart from myself. So, um, yeah, I think it was at the time, it was probably an easy decision. I remember, um, like when CFAX used to be on, I don't know if you remember CFAX, you're probably a bit young for it, but I used to follow like football scores on CFAX. And yeah. I remember at Junior Wimbledon one year that I couldn't get like a feed, but I could get the live scores. And you were playing Junior Wimbledon against Gail Monfils. And uh, I remember it being really tight. I think, the, was it was it seven six six four? There was really awesome. a set. Quite the match. What do you remember about that? Well, first of all, I remember the the day before when the draw came out, walking walking into Wimbledon, and then I saw the the draw sheet, and I thought, "Oh no, he was the number one seed. He'd he'd already won the um, Australian Open Juniors. He'd already won the French Open Juniors. He was world number one, and of course, I drew him first round. So I was a bit like, oh, not great. But I thought, you know what? Let's let's go for it. You know, I was playing pretty well at the time. I think I think I was fairly fairly high up in the world at the time, maybe top top 30, something like that. So I was, you know, doing okay. Um, but yeah, it was seven, six, six, four, I think. And yeah, I pushed him quite close. It was, it was a great experience. I mean, he's obviously a very good player, but great experience. And I think he went on to win it as well. So not, yeah. not idea. Yeah. Decent fella. Yeah, really nice. Very eccentric. Um, but yeah, really nice. And also afterwards, he, he, he like, I, I obviously knew them fairly well. Um, and he was he was talking through the match and what he thought and what he thought about my game and so he was very approachable which was nice. But at the time, obviously, you didn't know that he'd go on to be you know top ten senior pro. What a career! Um, yeah. Was it that year that you made it to the Wimbledon Junior Semis with Andy? No, that was um, that was the following year actually. Following year. Yeah, um, so that was that was that was an incredible incredible uh, year. Yeah, what do you remember about that experience? Semi-final of Junior Wimbledon playing with Andy Murray in the doubles. What What do you remember? Um, it's different. Not a lot now, to be honest. Uh, I know. I remember being on court too. I remember um, we were waiting in the changing room actually, um, and it's by sort of like a Rangi Park over that bit. And we we actually got moved out because we were we were quite late on in the in the week. We got moved out of that into where all the seeds were. So it was under under centre court, and all sort of some of all the top pros were in there as well, who were obviously in the later stages of of their singles or doubles. So that was fantastic to mix with them, and yeah, it was great. But the actual match was—I remember it being pretty close, maybe seven five, six three or something like that. It was quite a tight match, and again, it was one we possibly could have won. And the, the, who was the the couple that you lost to? Can you remember that? Yeah. Um, Mejia and Takao, I think. And I think Takao is, um, I think he's won Wimbledon. I think he's won the doubles before. Wow. So, yeah. Amazing, amazing experiences. Um, obviously, you know, you had an incredible junior career. If you can, we've already covered some amazing moments. If there's one other top moment you can recall from being a, a junior tennis player, what would it be? 
Um, tough one, really. Uh, I had a really good tour when I, I went to um, I went out to the Philippines and Malaysia and did a, a tour out there. It was really to try and get into the to Wimbledon um, to try and get my ranking up a little bit. And I played three Grade Ones, which are similar to sort of Grand Slams, but I guess not quite the prestige with it. Um, and I went out with Jamie Murray and Kenny Woods was the coach who, who took me. And I obviously got coached by Kenny when he was at Repton. So that was fantastic. So we were traveling with him. And I won the first grade one. Uh, and then I think I lost in the quarters of the second one in Thailand. And then the last one was in uh, Malaysia. Uh, sorry, was in the Philippines. And I won that one as well. So it was a really good, good three weeks for me and just a fantastic time. What amazing experiences. Yeah. And then I guess I went to the US Open Juniors and I, I, that was my first win of, uh, in a Junior Grand Slam. So that one probably sticks in my mind a little bit as well. That was nice. Amazing. Amazing. And before we, you know, we kind of move on from the juniors, I know, you know, we're both very passionate about Derbyshire and Derbyshire tennis. What would you be, what's your advice, a general piece of advice for our Derbyshire juniors with their tennis? Um. Well, I mean, you've got to enjoy it I and mean, you've got to really enjoy playing the game. That's the, probably the main thing. But also, I, I think if you get to a maybe slightly more advanced level, I would say stick to find a coach and a program that you really like and trust and then and then stick to it. So, you, you know, I see a lot of players looking around all the time, looking for different programs and coaches and trying to find something different and to make them a player. Um, and I'll just say, find someone that you really like and trust, and then and a, and a program that works for you, and then just stick with it and sort of give it a good go, rather than looking elsewhere all the time. Good advice. Good advice. So from this, uh, you know, incredible junior experience, you you moved on to the pro tour. How do you look back at that whole experience? Um, it, I mean, it was brilliant. I mean, it was hard work, really hard work, but it was. I mean, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. It's, it sounds quite glamorous. You know, you get to travel a lot, um, but you, you, you go to, I mean, it's not always, you're not always traveling and going to nice places. You know, there's a lot of times you don't even see, you know, outside of a tennis center or, or a, a hotel. But yeah, it was, it was really good. And it was, um, it was an eye-opening experience, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, you're right. People think, oh, you're a, you're a tennis professional. How glamorous, but... You know, often in these tournaments that, you know, you need you need to fund your own way there and the prize money is not massive, is it? No, it's really not. So whatever, I mean, at the, the level I was at, probably not the very top, but, it, you know, whatever I was earning was, I was just putting it straight back in really. So it would go on the next hotel or it would go on a, a flight somewhere or, you know, that was, so basically I had to, had to win or otherwise I just couldn't go to the next tournament. So it was, yeah, it was and obviously, with that, I guess a bit of pressure comes with that, but I guess that's just the nature of it. Yeah, and I always think of it as you know we're both passionate about football, and if, if you're top ten in the country in football, I mean you're a wealthy man, and I know you know it's not all about money, but it helps, huh? Um, is there a need, do you think, to bring more prize money down the the sort of food chain in in tennis? I think it would keep a lot of players in the game a lot longer. So therefore, you know, you've got more of a chance of, if you can stay in the game longer, you've got more of a chance of them potentially, you know, making it. So I would definitely say they need to look at it at some point. It, it feels like it's not really moved on that, that much. Like, you know, it's not really evolved that much, the prize money in terms of 
it, I think they had like when I was playing was fifteen thousand futures and things like that, and the prize money doesn't seem to change much now. So unless you're winning those tournaments, how do you fund yourself? It's impossible. Yeah. So uh, unless you've got a good sponsor, but you're still talking a lot of money. Um, and then at the top level, obviously, I think it's you know you, you get given a lot more. Um, so I think you you potentially at the level that I was, you needed more of a coach, hopefully traveling with you and maybe a physio and that type of thing. And you just couldn't, you just can't afford it. So I do think they need to look at it and potentially restructure it slightly to keep players in the game a lot longer. That's the point, isn't it? And with players developing later, maturing later, we're losing good players from the game before they've had the chance to fulfill the potential. Absolutely. And that's why I think maybe like the US college system at the minute for a lot of our players is, is fantastic because they get to, they get obviously a really good education for four, four or five years, but but also they get incredible tennis, and then they come back and they're ready to actually maybe hit the tour or maybe not right at the top, but but they're in the game still, and and it's four or five years where they've they've not had to fund themselves almost, and they've got real good quality tennis, and that's why it's working really well for them. Such um, a good point. And uh, yeah. shout out for Vic Allen on that. You know, first year at Florida State and. Going all American in doubles, what an achievement! No, oh, fantastic. She's doing great, and and if you know, it's such a good experience for her. But the training she's getting out there, and the the level you know of the, the matches, the amount of matches she's getting, and the quality of the tennis she's getting is like perfect. Like she probably wouldn't get that here. Mm. She'd be having to travel every single week to go and play tournaments, um, and then for how how do you fund that? It's so expensive. So what she's getting now is almost it's priceless. It's fantastic. And I think it's a it's a realistic objective, isn't it? For if you're a good level of a tennis player, like clearly Vic's one of the best in the country. But it, you know, if you're a really good county player, there's the opportunities to go to America and to play and to be educated. And, and what an adventure! Amazing, like and and fantastic experiences. And you end up, you know, with a <laughs> hopefully with a degree. But you've also had four years of fantastic fantastic tennis you know if you choose the, you know a, a good place and and you get that bit right um and socially it's fantastic as well because you're not isolated on your own you, you you're in a team situation which is great um so it's kind of yeah it's, it's a win-win really i did one year in america where i played uh, tennis and football and i mean just going to matches we i remember flying from minnesota to san diego for a tennis match and I remember missing a sitter, putting it over the bar. and uh, But then, like, get back to, uh, I went to Oxford Brooks Uni and we'd go to tennis matches and you'd have four in the back of a Nissan Micra. The university system was very different. A bit different, yeah, yeah. It's about, I mean, out there, it's incredibly professional. Yeah. You know, they get a lot of people watching. The facilities are just yeah. unbelievable, really. So, so true. So now you're coaching, Tom. I see you. You're my like my workmate at Church Broughton, where we're both coaching. Yeah. When you work with a player, what is it that you're really looking for from that player? Um, I think the main thing is their attitude. So they, you've got to have a good attitude, otherwise, well, you know, it's not particularly enjoyable. And, and what's the point? Um, so attitude towards matches is really important. They've got to be willing to really, you know get stuck in and, and just put their game on the court and really do it in a match, not just in training, um, but also someone who's got a willingness to try things. So, if, you know, it's okay to get things wrong and almost test themselves that way a little bit. 
you know, you see a lot of players who just just want to get things right all the time, and so they end up just doing the same things all the time, and they do those really well. But when it comes to a match, they're sort of found out a little bit. Um, and I think the last one's probably just they've got to be committed. They've got to be committed to what they do. It doesn't have to be in terms of how many hours they do, but it has to be when they're there. They've got to you know, fully commit to what they're doing, whether that's in training or whether that's in a match. Just yeah, fully commit to it and, and really enjoy it. I think it's a point across life, isn't it? And I know tennis is full of life lessons, but if you work hard, if you give everything to to whatever it is you're doing, yeah. you're, you're likely to get on okay, huh? Yeah, and also you'll improve quicker. And, and because you improve quicker, you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than, 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 not, than not doing well at it, and therefore you, you sort of feel like, oh, I'm failing a bit, and therefore you, you, you don't enjoy it as much. So... If players come with the right attitude and they know exactly what they want to work on, they know exactly what they want to do, you'll get better much quicker by doing that. Yeah, agreed. So, I, you know, I'm relatively new to coaching, having come from more of a corporate world. What guidance would you give to coaches, you know, who are making their way up through their coaching budget? Um, again, you've got to enjoy it. That's probably the main thing. Otherwise, what you know, again, what, what's the point? I think if you're not enjoying your coaching, I think that'll probably show in your coaching as well. It becomes very sort of you know dull and a bit boring and a bit you know. So, uh, but also I'd say the, the sort of the higher level you get up in coaching is don't be afraid to get things wrong. It's okay to try things and get it wrong as long as you then can change things and be smart and change it again. Um, but don't be afraid of trying different things, new things. You know, otherwise, how do you know if it's going to work? Yeah, yeah. It's another just another life point. But a guy I used to work with was a, a rugby referee, and he wrote this blog post that all about how he was going to stop doing it. And it, he basically it was a big part of his life, but he was stopping doing it because it wasn't making him happy. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do however many hours at something, exactly. So much better if you can do something that makes you happy. Absolutely. You've got to, you have to try and enjoy it. Like, I, I feel pretty lucky doing what I do because sometimes I don't feel it's, it, it, it's a job. I, I, re, I, you know, I really enjoy it and, you know, you get out and about and it keeps me fit and healthy, which is fantastic. So I feel I'm pretty fortunate doing what I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you, you've got to enjoy it. And as I say, don't be afraid of trying things. And if it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Just, just change it. I've seen you play some amazing matches for Derbyshire, Tom. How important is representing your county to you? Um, yeah, very important. I can't remember how many years I've played county now. I think it might be my 20th year this year. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's always, I mean, even when I played, you know, I always made an effort to, to come back and try and try and play for the county because I always, well, you always remember what they did for me, really. So, you know, they put on a lot of county coaching and, and county matches for me and, and so I always thought, um, felt it was very important to come back and try and represent the county. So, and also it's it's fantastic because I end up playing, you know, county week for example, fantastic week, and you end up with, with your mates for a week, which is fantastic. Your family can go and watch. So it's you know, it's uh, it's really nice. And I know you know as we've said, it's uh, tennis can be it is an individual sport, but the element of county is team. You are yeah. a team. Yeah, I mean, it's individual within a team, isn't it? Which is, for me, is absolutely ideal. I think that's why, 
you know, the American stuff, you know, like what Vic's doing out there, it's individual, but you're, you know, you're competing for yourself, but also within a team situation, which I think is perfect. And that's what County where you can represent in your county is all about. You've, you've got to perform individually, but it goes towards the team score. And that's such a nice thing. And if any Derbyshire juniors are, are watching this, I'd just say, come and watch, you know, Men's County Week, Women's County Week. It's an incredible experience just spectating. I think genuinely some of my most nervous moments have been watching Derbyshire <laughs> Men's County matches. It is. It is such a good week. Can't, you can't really explain it to anyone. You're trying to explain it to someone, it sounds like... Everyone's sort of like, oh, yeah, it doesn't sound great, but it's you just need to go and watch it, don't you? It's, it I'm, is incredible. I'm fine. I'd love it if, like, I know that the Derbyshire supporters are always some of the the, the biggest su- number of supporters, some of the more loud supporters. But I would love to get um, a coach full of juniors to come and watch. You know, yeah. maybe one year our men's team, then the next year our women's team, and just really get behind us. Just see what amazing, incredible yeah. tennis. I mean. You know, we've seen the likes of Jamie and Andy play County Week. Uh, Dan Evans play County Week. You get, you know, some of the best players in our country playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the year we won it in 2015, uh, like those people like Joe Salisbury playing for Surrey, Chris Eaton, who was, you know, playing Wimbledon at the time. You know, the level, and also the level is getting higher and higher. It's getting better and better. You know, you don't play a weak pair now. They're just so, it's so strong. And it's, but that's what you want. It's so enjoyable to, to play in. Yeah, and, so, and County Week, for those who don't know, is where every different county um, has a team entered. And there's a number of divisions and uh, you compete for your county against other counties and you move up and down the divisions. And I mean, in, it's a, a, a competition with a very long history and Derbyshire had never won it until 2015 when uh, you and the guys went did win it. Where does that rank in your sporting achievements? It's, it's right up there. I still don't know how we won it, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, it's right up there. It's a bit like it was a bit like Leicester City on it winning the Premier League that time. I don't, don't know how it happened, to be honest. Like, the players and the teams we beat were just, on paper, we were just not expect. We would probably expect to get relegated, to be honest. Um, and it just was one of those weeks where we, we won the first day and, and then we were like, oh, let's just see how we go the next one. And we managed to scrape a win the next day. And, we got to the Wednesday. We won. We won on the Wednesday. I think we beat Kent five four on the Wednesday, and it was like, oh, I actually, we could actually win this. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, it just happened. It just seemed to one of those where it just kept going and going, and we just won. Yeah, it's incredible. And wasn't it on the Friday? Didn't it feel like finishing an absolute downpour, torrential downpour? Yeah, that, we we won the deciding match. Me and Chris Simpson, and it's it's in torrential rain. I've got some pictures and videos of it. Yeah, it's just like the heavens had opened. Um, we were hoping for, it, for for the heavens to open a bit earlier so we wouldn't have had to have played the last round because we, we were two and <laughs> off and we'd have won it, but it didn't happen. So uh, we had to see it, see it through and we, we did it. The history makers, it will go down in history. Brilliant. Yeah, it was an amazing week. So one last one for you. Tom Lockdown, like me, um, we're not out on court. I know we're doing things we perhaps wouldn't normally do quite so much of, like a lot of cooking. Um, are you enjoying your cooking and what's your number one recipe? I am enjoying my cooking actually at the minute with uh, especially with Amanda being my wife being very uh, heavily pregnant at the minute then um, yeah I'm having to do a lot of the cooking so roast roast chicken that's been the one for me really? yeah roast chicken on the Sunday come on hey well well yeah 
that's uh, it's certainly something that we're enjoying. But I know we both can't wait to get back on that quarter. Yeah, I know it'll be good. Hopefully, in a, a week or two, it'll be great. Brilliant. Hey, well, Tom, thank you so much for, for your time. It's uh, it's been great to chat and to hear about your tennis journey so far. Here's to the next chapters, and uh, look forward to seeing you back on court soon. No worries. Cheers, Rob. Mate, I'll.